you guys call it the YRI? I'm just curious. No. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Pass the Mic Youth. This week, we've got a mic drop for you. That's right, mostly unedited, free-flowing conversation. And we're joined this week by Sophia and Kiana, two incredible youth reporters from the Youth Reporting Institute at WUNC, which is a public radio station here in North Carolina. They join us to talk about what it is the Youth Reporting Institute does and to discuss their personal experience with reporting. Here's their conversation with Mateen. Awesome. Well, welcome, Sophia and Kiana. It's really great to have you guys on Hashtag Pass the Mic Youth. I'm Sophia Basurto. I'm a sophomore um, in the journalism school at Chapel Hill. I mostly hang out with friends and play video games and just go to class. You're from Beaufort, right? Uh, yeah, my hometown's on the coast in a small rural town of Beaufort. Nice. Hey, um, my name's Kiana. I grew up in... Atlanta, Georgia. Um, right now, I'm I'm a journalism major at Michigan State, and I like to write, read, work. <laughs> Not really, but like I like the money. So. No, that's that's important. That's important. Yeah. Um, my name is Mateen. I am I'm a senior right now. I go to NC State, which is really close to where uh, Sophia goes to school, and um. I'm a middle school education major, so like focusing on um, history and English, so to be a teacher, and then hopefully I can be a professor um, at the university at some point. So I looked into the Youth Reporting Institute a little bit, and it's a really incredible platform slash community. Um, And I was wondering, maybe uh, Kiana, you could start us off, uh, like what are exactly some of the aims and like functions of the Youth Reporting Institute? Um, I think we started off with how to develop an idea, where to get ideas from, and um, the importance of storytelling. Also, then we um, smoothly moved into how to set up interview questions, um, how to reach out to different interviewers, and making sure that we're asking questions that can lead to follow-ups and more information. Um, And then, then we moved into how to work in Adobe Audition, editing, cutting, um, just making like a final cut of like a story. Nice, nice. Sophia, is there, is there anything you'd want to add to what the Youth Reporting Institute also does? I went into the program wanting to do a story on Hispanics um, in some way or form. The original idea I had was um, vaccination rates um, in Hispanics. like. The New York Times put out an article that was like the lowest and like the reasons why. And I thought it'd be cool to investigate mm-hmm. in my own community if it was the same or like if the reasons were similar or not. Um, and so that was an idea proposed and they liked it, but they wanted it to be more personal being that I am Hispanic. And I'm really happy with the story that I came out with. Like it was pretty hard for me to kind of develop it as a story because it was like my life. So I was like, how do I explain it to people so it makes sense? But I'm really proud, especially because it was such a hard one to do. Like, I felt like my other idea was, like, easier. I had a more clear path. Um, and it sounds really professional, so it is my favorite. I know, I know I've know, i had a chance to listen to some of it, but for those who haven't listened, like, can you explain what exactly you focus on in your project? It's mainly centered um, around my Hispanic identity and um, my experience with assimilation. 
um, being Hispanic, um, the line kind of blurs with, like, race, but in the United States, like, you have to define yourself where there's these boxes, um, you have to put yourself in, so, like, I talked about when I first took the pre-SAT, they asked you, um, your ethnicity, I was like, oh, I'm Hispanic, yay, and then it's, like, race, and I hadn't come across that before, and so that kind of changed my perception of, like, where I belong, um, so I talked to my friend Michelle, who, like, um, has a similar experience, she assimilated into losing her Spanish and only speaking English, and she Mm. wishes that's something, like, she kept, because she feels like it defines her less, and, like, I talked to my mom, who grew up in Mexico and doesn't have this experience at all, she's pretty confident in herself, and, um, she's kind of assimilated less into more becoming half Mexican and half, like, American, and so just, like, different Hispanics who have different experiences with assimilation and what that means for me. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Kiana, what about you? What was, like, one of your favorite projects or experiences? Um, so, Sophia, the, my original idea was totally different from the final outcome. I knew I wanted to center it around um, mental health in the Black community and just, like, reaching out to other, like, African Americans and how they do or don't deal with their mental health. And then um, Kamaya was like, let's make it more personal. And um, so, which was a little vulnerable for me because I had to, like, interview family that I know they don't like talking about mental health and um, having to, like, open up to my mom about my own mental health journey and, like, learning a little bit about hers. So the story ended up being... um, And then she wanted to add how I grew up in the church, how that affected how we talk about mental health. My grandmother, she's a pastor, Mm. so... I grew up in a very religious household, um, singing on the choir, like being really hands-on in the church and everything. So the final story was about mental health and the church and my personal community. That's, that's awesome. It's, and it's really great that you guys decided to choose topics about, you know, the group of people that you have grown up around, but, but, but about specific topics that sometimes people are not willing to like pay attention to like i think what you mentioned sophia about the rate of vaccination in hispanic communities or even even in african-american communities or other communities that are marginalized is something that we're afraid to talk about for many complex reasons um but you know i live in a neighborhood or the neighborhood i live right next to in raleigh is um nine i would say 90 percent hispanic most people from venezuela like Guatemala, Honduras, and things like that. And they have a lot of different reasons why they're not vaccinated. And whether it be access, not not having access to facilities or lack of access to to helpful information. And so I think that's wonderful. And I think, Kiana, what you shared about mental health, even like, you know, I come from a Middle Eastern background, and I think that is also such a stigma. Yeah, it's really difficult to talk about that sometimes. Um, So I love that you guys really chose a with during your time with the youth reporting institute to um highlight those stories do you guys call it the yri i'm just curious no (laughs) okay it doesn't sound like a good acronym okay i just i wanted to refer to it like that but i was like that sounds like um a medical acronym i'm not gonna say that um but yeah like while you guys were also developing these stories at the youth reporting institute um what were some of the 
skills you feel you develop best during that time that you feel you can translate? Yeah, I think um, Adobe Audition definitely um, actually one of my classes that I'm in right now, we're heavy on Adobe. And so already being, I guess, knowledgeable in that area, it helps me with my assignments. So, and wanting to branch out and do films and movies, it was like, it's something I will always like have. So it wasn't a skill that I just learned just for those few months, but I still use it today. Um, I definitely agree. I use Adobe Audition and now I'm moving into Adobe Premiere and like being familiar with the type of program is helpful. Um, another thing, like I'm an introvert and I kind of tend to like stick to myself, but something like through the program that I had to do was like reach out to people and like talk about more vulnerable topics. Mm. Um, so that's something that like got my wheel flowing and like using people skills and like getting comfortable with these things and like actually like having a timeline that I have to move forward and like to produce something so that was really nice as well as like um if I talk about something it makes sense to me but it might not make sense to other people but like developing a story I had to put context so other people could understand and that just like raised awareness to me of how like I communicate myself and so that was something that um was unexpected but kind of useful no that's awesome that's like a broad range of like technical skills but also like interpersonal skills yeah that's funny i would not assume you were an introvert so yeah like what maybe you guys have already shared this from through what you've said but what has been one of the biggest learnings from why from the youth reporting institute (laughs) about like the power of storytelling like what has been what is something you learned through your experience with this institute about storytelling that maybe you hadn't had a strong conviction about before um, something Ken and I both have mentioned is that um, Kamaya, who ran the program, was like, let's make these stories more personal. And um, something about storytelling, mm. it was something about storytelling that hadn't occurred to me because like, it's about myself. Who wants to hear about myself? Like, I thought, like, journalists, like, went out and, like, found stories. But you can find the stories more close to you. And those stories are more, like, could be more marginalized or more, like, looked over. Or I call them, like, in the gray area because, like... Mm. they pertain to me but I overlook them because I'm thinking about other people's mm. perspectives and like experiences so like channeling into the more personal things um, was something I learned that I could do and then again like contextualizing it so it makes sense to other people and people can kind of understand me and walk away with something new um, I think the biggest thing for me is finding my voice <clears throat> I'm a writer so I'm always like I always write down like what's going on in my head so the fact that I had to put my own feelings in the story was just a big eye-opener and how important when I'm telling a story how whoever my audience is how they also need to hear my voice and to be open and to be vulnerable with them about my truth and also like the truth within my community giving them like a platform to express how they feel that maybe other platforms or journalists wouldn't reach out to them Um, because you know like we talk about mental health but we don't talk about like um, how it's accessible and how other communities view mental health I love everything you guys are sharing yeah Um, I think this is a perfect point to transition from talking about the Youth Reporting Institute to kind of like our personal experiences with storytelling outside of it Um, because I know you're both studying journalism um, like maybe, um, 
uh, maybe counter you can go first in this question like what at what point in your life did you notice you had an attraction to like journalism or storytelling um, I think like middle school um I remember like English was always my favorite subject in class because my teachers allowed us to like write like whatever we wanted and to be creative and everything and I know like some of my teachers even up to high school they would allow me to like write more pages than like the maximum because they know they knew I could um but also I think once I got older just seeing the just watching the news and even social media, how we pick and choose what media to watch, I always wondered, well, who picks these stories and who decides what gets told and what doesn't? And that really opened my eyes. Well, why aren't there stories that about people who look like me or just either other marginalized minorities? And why aren't we telling these stories? And then when we do tell these stories, why is it always surrounded by like violence or like racial tensions, um, low education rates and, you know, things like that? For me, I've always been like the listener friend um, as opposed to like the talkative friend. Um, So I've always enjoyed um, just listening to people talk or like hearing the stories they share. Um, And that kind of like moved into like when I started getting into podcasts. I like my favorite is like this American life and it's just telling stories about Americans and it's very narrative uh, like it's a narrative they share and so I've enjoyed that and like seeing the happiness that it brings me I was like oh how can I get involved and so with the Youth Reporting Institute it was like kind of like my summer chance to see if I could like it um, and I did and so that's kind of flowed into more tapping into um, like Kiana said like sharing stories about marginalized groups and like um, being Hispanic I've like grown up with like um, being very aware of like the public perception people have on Mexico and it's very negative um, and so when I do come across stories that like aren't about that about Mexico I'm like oh I want to do that more um, so it's kind of fueled into like more like I'm gaining um, like speed but like the Youth Reporting Institute was like kind of like my chance to see if I liked it and so I've been tapping into pres- uh, things about me and then things about the world that I like about journalism. Wow middle school that's um like literally what I'm I'm studying to be a middle school English teacher so now I have to think about that that's good to that's a good thing but it's true I think like when you're given that opportunity at a young age to um to observe your reality to make critical thinking a part of your normal way of thinking um it kind of opens up those doors to think about journalism like I know you were mentioning um Sophia the like listening to podcasts um I'm just curious for either of you is podcasting like the kind of thing you want to focus on or is it like another form of journalism maybe some people want to be in front of the tv you know i don't know behind the laptop writing i don't know i'm a behind the scenes kind of person so i definitely don't want to be in front of the tv or like i don't care to have my name or like my face on like a paper or anything um so podcasting like is my goal like i mentioned this american life like, it is my dream to, like, move to New York and work in that podcast company and, like, be a producer and, like, pitch stories and, like, help develop, like, themes that they have. Um, so definitely more of a backseat kind of person. But, like, I'm not a fan of, like, more, like, I'm not, like, sports podcasts or, like, people from L.A. just talking or whatever. Like, I like stories. <laughs> and so, like, more more of the podcast injury that's, like, established. That's my goal. 
Yeah, something similar. I'm a behind-the-scenes person, too. So, like like she said, producing, like, developing ideas and stories. Um, right now, I think I kind of have, like, many interests. I know it's not, like, when people think of journalism, they think of, like, news reporters. And I know it's something I don't want to do. I never really thought about that. Um, but, like, radio, um, podcasting, maybe, I don't know. But um, definitely being the person who, like, comes up with the ideas and how, like, things are going to run. Okay, these past two years have been very monumental, right? We will look back, especially us, you know, being in our, like, I'm assuming you guys are like 19, 20. How do you guys feel like the mode and the prevalence or like the, um, yeah, like the mode, the prevalence and the need for storytelling has changed over just these past couple of years? I think there's like a lot of, I don't want to say too much stories, but in an age where we can, mm. we know things in real time. I think a lot of stuff can get misconstrued um, and also like how to know if something is true or not, which I think is the job of the journalist to report on true stories. Mm. Um, it definitely has changed. News has definitely changed from like even when I was in high school to how it is now. It's everywhere and people are always talking about it. And I think there's so many different opinions where it's like a thin line on that's your opinion but this is kind of racist or <laughs> kind of sexist or something like that and um i can't and I'm, I'm not sure how the news is going to be like even 20 years from now um like i i just i have no idea I, but it's definitely changed i'm not sure if that change is good or not i like how i can look up like log into different apps like BuzzFeed News, you know, you have blogs on Instagram that are all about news. Um, then you have like CNN, which you can either watch or on your phone, get notifications on your phone. Um, but I think the biggest thing is how media is portrayed, like um, during um, the Black Lives Matter protest, how some news, all they were showing was the riots and the looting and the fire and the violence. And then you had other news that was showing the peaceful side. So I think it comes down to you as a person, which side do you want to see? Something we talked about in school is how um, the public has lost trust in like news media recently and how it's going down. Um, so that's something it's changed. And I think organizations are trying to gain that trust back. And in class, we've talked about like transparency, um, conflict of interest and like objectivity um and i think that goes to plays in like the kind of stories that offer like a roundabout way or like an encompassing story of each side um and like kiana said like people stick to their opinions but i think there's also a middle ground where you can consider both places and be considerate of both sides so i think stories like that are more important um as well as like objective facts that people can like be like okay this is it um, especially with, like, the election and, like, fake news and, like, Facebook and all its problems it's causing and everything. Um, I think people are, like, trying to find something they can trust in. And I think um, valuable different perspectives is something that could help that. It's hard. I feel like storytelling, the one thing that I've noticed about storytelling is what it 
it's kind of what you guys are describing that it's now it's big stuff it's big news you know but like when we think about the tradition of storytelling in many cultures and the progression of knowledge through through generations it's often on a very small scale right it's like within a family unit it's within a community it's like within one nation i mean that's a little bigger scale but um so like in with Mm -hmm with with that in mind like that kind of small scale storytelling which kind of journalism focuses on if you think about it because like you said oh man i didn't realize like journalism is about my stories like what i'm experiencing like that's i didn't know that either so i learned that too thanks for sharing that um thinking about it in that way and that smaller scale more personal level like what role do you guys feel storytelling plays in our lives i know it's a very general question but like what is that role especially in a age where so many things are changing people are learning and growing Mm. yeah i i like pay attention to like the breaking news and the big news like the notifications i get on my phone but i also just enjoy going on to like the new york times app and like finding like a smaller kind of story to read um and it's not like i learn a lot but i'm like left with like something new to consider or like something i could add to like oh, if I come across this, this is something I can factor into, like, how I interact with this person or, like, how I think about this. Um, so, like, small-scale small storytelling, I think, is really impactful in that. Um, I listened to a story recently about um, um, the crossing of migrants over the uh, U.S.-Mexican border. The final stretch um, is they're led by kids because if you're under 18, you can't be prosecuted by the United States um, for crossing illegally. So they cross migrants, and there's, like, something I didn't know and something I don't think a lot of people know because it's just, like, the border community where that happens in and, like, the dynamics they have, um, the decisions that play into why they do this and stuff like that. So it's, like, I can imagine that's a smaller-scale story that you could just tell your neighbors and, like, it doesn't really go anywhere, but a journalist, like, found this and, like, shared it. Um, And I think that could, like, it offers perspective to, like, the dynamic of immigration and, like, the relations, like, the U.S. and Mexico have, and also, like, the disparity of, like, the policies that are in place. Um, And so I think sharing these stories are pretty impactful because they offer new perspective that is overlooked or, like, not known. Like, it kind of falls into the gray area. You think about immigration to the U.S. from Mexico, it's, like, negative, and it's, like, the wall was talked about for a long time, and that that was, like, big news, like, Trump over and over again. Like, this small story, I think, offers a lot of insight and I think a lot of smaller stories do that as well. Yeah, I think when you find smaller scale like stories, a lot of them can be a lot more relatable than breaking news you can actually Mm. relate to it or you can see yourself in like their shoes it was a story like i was just scrolling through um the newspaper that's here and it was talking about like college students and living conditions and everything which doesn't really make breaking news but like to me like that that impacts me that's important to me so how like i guess like how do i share this or like how do I um, make this known and everything? Also, like Sophia said, you can also like just learn about other things that you wouldn't really see on breaking news because um, it may not be important to like the general public. 
and everything. So um, I think also when I read smaller stories, it refreshes me in a way because there are a lot of positive stories out there. If you just go find them, I know when people think about the news, they think about tragedy, wars, and politics, which can get a little draining. So I think when we find those like smaller stories, it's like you're, I don't know, it's just refreshing to hear something that hasn't been in the news for like the last two weeks. Um, no, but it's so true. I think what you said about refreshing is such an interesting point because I think it really highlights the true nature of humanity too. Like humanity is good like humanity all people have like uh, the capacity to do good things but when we're highlighted in a way <clears throat> that only you know mentions the failure the catastrophe the tragedy like you were saying you begin to like change the way you think about the world oh i lost i'm losing hope like no nah, it's not possible that's a this that's a utopia like that's never gonna happen you know um so i i it makes me really happy that there are young people like you guys who are entering this field and who have like that really clear vision that like this is not it's not a dream like we can highlight the good um so that makes me happy and then you know hashtag pass to my youth really focuses on the social the kind of social action and and like the efforts people are making and writing and stuff is an action but I'm I'm also just curious, like, what do you guys feel is the relationship between storytelling and action? You know, like, how does sharing people's experiences help people to take informed action? Or, like, what are examples that you guys have seen that have really stood out to you? Yeah, actually, one of my journalism teachers, um, she was telling me about a story she wrote a while ago, um, like, like, years ago, like, early 2000s. And it was about a couple who fostered special needs kids. And they lived in like a one bedroom, like really small house with like 10 kids who had, um, who weren't able bodies. So she ended up writing a story about it. And um, I think a few months later, um, the community reached out. They were able to buy them like a house to house, like all the kids um, and like, I think a lot of their medical bills were paid off. So that's one example of how you never know how a story could help somebody else. Also, um, we had a guest speaker in that same class yesterday and she did a story about eviction rates in Detroit. And um, one of the stories, she was like, two of her kids, they have to leave because their landlord won't fix their issues, so they stop paying rent. I think like the, the sewer, the sewer like trash was like coming up in their basement or something like that. It was awful, mm. and um, they ended up writing a story about it. And the community reached out to help um, the mom and her husband and kids house them in a um, a more livable condition house. So that's just a few examples I've seen. Um, I wish there could be like you know when we hear about. Um, poverty rates and um, unemployment and, you know, homeless people and everything. I've seen stories where others get help, but like on a larger scale, not really. But going back to those small scale stories, how if you look at those stories, maybe you can help somebody who's like in a not so good position. I think informing yourself through these stories, like on a big scale or on a small scale, calls to action in like different ways. A smaller story like calls to action to me to like 
change my perspective or change my behavior towards different things or just consider things in a new way mm-hmm. but like on a bigger scale like the me too movement and like somebody shared their story and it created a whole chain of events or like when news breaks it calls to action for people to do different things um so i think what kiana said is on a different scale um that's mainly what it does so i want to be respectful of your guys's time too so i just have one more question i don't i don't know if you still have time but um if you were to share a few words with other you know young journalists who are eager to enter this field like what would you tell them I would tell them don't be afraid um, of your story ideas and know like during like the application process I was thinking about the stories and I was on the fence of like pitching my mental health idea I don't know why but I the advice I would give is don't be don't be afraid of your own voice Um, like Sophia said earlier I'm an introvert too so like having a like really just talk about my life I don't want to do that (laughs) but um, in the end it totally worked out so I would say don't be afraid of your ideas of your boys at least try my piece of advice is that um, in reality telling stories is a lot simpler than what I originally thought Um, like I can tell stories about myself I can share stories about other people um, I can engage in stories or I can just listen to other people talk Um, So there's a place for everyone um, in sharing stories and producing stories. And it's never as boring to other people as you may think. I mean, you guys have literally just told your story. We are so grateful to Sophia and Kiana for giving up their time to talk to us. And thankful as always for Mateen for hosting that conversation. And thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can find us on social media at Pass the Mike Youth and at our website, PassTheMikeYouth.com. Hashtag Pass the Mike Youth is a product of NC State Extension, but does not necessarily reflect its views. Thank you.